Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one minute at a time. I am Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. Hey, and I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com, and we have a magical guest today. Yay! Our special guest is Jonathan Howell of Minute Impossible. Hello! (laughs) (laughs) I was told that's how you have to say hello on this podcast. That that, is correct. Yes. Yes, it is. Hello. Hello, hello, Molly. Hello, Heidi. Welcome, welcome. It's so great to have you here, Jonathan. Oh, it's great to be here. I'm excited. Let's do this. Bam. <laughs> so, yeah, where are we at, Molly? Where where are we at? Um, in today's episode, we are covering minute 49 of The Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, Kurt has a change of heart. So last minute, Kurt had this magical hero speech about we got to stick together. We're going to do this. We're going to kick ass. We're going to take names. Uh, and we start this minute out. Marty is nodding. He's like, yes. We're going to do this. We're going to get through this and kick it off from there. Yes. So this is the first time we've had a, a, a guest in a little while because we felt like we kind of wanted to get through Jules's nudie booby and death <laughs> death scene <laughs> on our own. And uh, now we have plunged into the action. So Jonathan, yeah, what do you, what do you feel about the where we're starting here? Well, this is a great place to start. I love that it's the moment when we, uh, we up to this point, all of the um, machinations of uh, Citizen and Hadley have been like behind the scenes. And, and, and we as the viewer have kind of like watched this happen and, and from the point of view of the people being manipulated, like Kurt and the rest of the gang and the rest of the Scooby gang. And I love that now things are not going well. So they have to start really manipulating and they really ramp up real quickly. We knew before that they were being um, affected by something because Kurt was becoming an alpha male and everybody was having, was it Jules? Jules was having, she was getting crazy horny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I keep forgetting. I can say like dirty stuff because my podcast is so clean. Yeah. Jules is getting horny. Actually, we can say horny. Sure. There's been nothing. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, and so we know that they've been uh, manipulated, but now we're at a point where they're not doing what the guys want them to do, what Citizen and Hadley want them to do. So I love this scene because this is one of those minutes where it's a complete 180. It's a complete switch where they, um, Citizen says i'm uh, you know let the master work and hadley being bradley bradley whitford is um always panicked it seems like bradley whitford's characters always are panicked Mm -hmm. (laughs) every time from billy madison to this to west wing he's always frantic so (laughs) which is different from how he's been earlier in this like you said now all of a sudden they're like oh, we really have to do our job. Like we really have to jump in and and manipulate things quickly because Kurt's like, you know, no matter what happens, we have to stay together. Like, oh shit. Or he says, oh fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're getting to see like what these guys, Sitterson and Hadley really get paid to do, I guess. They're, they're button mashers and they're really good at it. They hit indistinct <laughs> buttons in the foreground. Citizen hits a bu- couple buttons and makes a spray of 
some sort of chemical that goes and it washes right into Kurt's face right after he said we have to stay together. <laughs> right. And he he uh, he sniffs the fart and says it <laughs> <laughs> completely changes his uh, completely changes his entire spiel. This is one of those we we have a lot of uh, plot holes in our movie, and this is one of the ones where you're like mind control gas. Okay. Are there right. gases that will change your mind immediately and reverse any decision you've made? I don't know. It's it's a it's a fun mechanism in this movie, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have to talk about the realism of this movie, and anything in a Joss Whedon movie is going to have a level of um, whimsy. So, <laughs> and the fact and the fact that this is based on you know movie monsters actually being real, right? Uh, it's uh, you know I, I can take it with a grain of salt. I'm all good. I'm all I'm okay with it. It doesn't it doesn't break the uh, the mood. I don't go, well, gas doesn't do that. <laughs> I really felt that of all the scenes that you take for a grain of salt, because you're absolutely right. I mean, it's a it's monsters. There's titans living under the ground. You really do have to just go along for the ride. But it is kind of funny that you point that out because I was like, I don't know about the gas, guys. I just don't know. And then I actually went online like a nerd and was like, well, is there like any kind of spy craft special gas stuff that, you know, CIA, NSA, KGB, whatever use. And, and of course it's not online or I, I just didn't get to the dark web to like, you know, find that. But the closest thing I found was scopalamine, which is supposed to turn people into being really, really pliable. So it kind mm. of, you can give them suggestions to do X, Y, and Z. It's kind of an issue in Colombia, So it gets slipped into people's drinks and then they end up getting like their passports or money or whatever stolen. And they, at the end of it, just really don't remember because it wipes memory after, you know, X amount of time, but you know, nothing is, is instant. And, you know, we talk about tropes quite a bit because it's just, this whole movie is just loaded with them. And that whole like Batman knockout gas thing is just this totally is reminiscent to me of that, even though nobody gets knocked out here. But it, the, I mean, how many times do people flood like gas or event in a movie or a TV show to some particular end and it immediately occurs? Like it happens all the time, but it's completely unreal. <laughs> I think a lot of times that also goes back to the Joss Whedon, how he grew up and he grew up with the Batman 66 show and Mission Impossible to plug my own thing. You know, he right. grew up with those kind of campy TV shows where if you needed a plot device, you would literally just have someone with a visible spray, like some sort of noxious gas would come out and it would do whatever you needed it to. If you needed to knock them out, great. If you needed to make, give them amnesia, <laughs> no problem. I'm glad you said that you didn't go to the dark web. I went um, <laughs> because I didn't go to the dark web, but I went to a website that you probably want to look oh, at in incognito exciting. mode. <laughs> uh, it's called educate-yourself.org. And I found an article called the Illuminati formula to create an undetectable total mind control slave. Nice. So uh, I will, I will give this to you. You can give this to your uh, listeners if you want. At first, I was like, oh, is this like one of those websites that just collects crazy stuff? And it's like this fun little thing. And then I go to the first page and boom, 9-11, the greatest act of treason in American history. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm on the wrong website. <laughs> it is a free education forum dedicated to the dissemination of accurate information in the use of natural non-pharmaceutical medicines and alternative healing therapies 
in the treatment of disease conditions. That sounds very nice. Like that sounds like, oh, we're here to tell you not all drugs are good for you and you can have other ways to make yourself feel better. But all the articles are 911 mm. truthers mm. and anti-vaxxers and it mm. it's bad. <laughs> but you want to make yourself a total mind control slave. They actually have a list. It's a really long list of all of the um, chemicals you'd need. Yeah. So you can do it. It's possible. It's always good to know <laughs> you could do it. No. <laughs> it's, it's not good to know. It's, yeah. it's a terrible thing to know. See, what I was thinking was that we're missing a little bit of suggestible whispering that we've gotten before. So I would mm, assume, yeah. yeah, that we're supposed to get like a little split up or something, you know, go separate ways. <laughs> yeah. At least in yeah. his ear, something. You know, some, something. <laughs> Go to your room. <laughs> yeah, there's not, there's nothing like it's just like gas. Oh, remember that thing I said? No, I don't. You know, Kurt's like, uh, no, yeah. no, do the opposite he of what says, I just this said. This isn't <laughs> right. Yeah. And Marty's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> he's us in this movie. He's the he's from Scream. He's uh, what the, what was that guy's name who had the TV show? He was he was married to the uh, the Ghost Whisperer. Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy was. He was married yeah. to the ghost whisperer? Yeah. Really? Jamie Kennedy has a, an insane <laughs> life. <laughs> he was in Scream. He was married to the ghost whisperer. And he had a prank show called right. the Jamie Kennedy Experience, right. which is like punk. But it was on like Fox. Anyway, that's who I think Marty is. You know, wow. Marty is this. He's the audience. He's the smarter, you know, he's the <laughs> foil for all of us. Right. He's the one that like when you're watching a movie a, a traditional spooky movie you're like no no don't do that don't do that he's like the one that's yeah making those decisions that you feel like you would make if you were in this scenario and that's the funny thing about this movie it's the first time you've ever had a movie where you root for the bad guys because mm. you love citizen and hadley because you like the actors and you don't know the kids and you assume, ugh, this is a slasher movie. You know, it's that's why it's such a great movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you guys have talked about this, the trope. Right. You know, the, the, all the different tropes they use in this movie, and they just throw them on their ear, and it comes up with a really fun way of doing... Mm -hmm. This is one of my favorite horror movies, just because it's super gory, and it's super crazy, yet it's also super like super um i'm trying to think of the word super nice about it it's not um these guys have jobs they wear ties they have families they're talking about what they're going to do over the weekend but their job just happens to be they have to kill these people right right and that's uh the the, the ridiculousness of this <laughs> this scene is full of ridiculousness from magic gas to marty to everything for sure yeah, and then about halfway through the minute, as they're all kind of figuring out, what do we do? Are we splitting up? Are we sticking together? What's going on? We get a breakthrough of one of the Buckners coming in through one of the windows. And Kurt runs. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. And I love this. Hadley is literally eating popcorn now, and so is Citizen. So it's like... They're watching a movie like they're watching a scary slasher movie. I love that. I wonder what day of the week this was on. Do we know? Uh, is it the weekend because they're going to the cabin? I think it's a Saturday. OK, I have to work on Saturday. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder what their like, you know, pension plan and retirement and all that stuff is. I assume you know? they're awful lot. I bet it's like a movie schedule. 
because they, you know, they have to set up all this stuff and machinations to get everybody. I've used machinations twice, so I'll stop using that. I'll use something else. <laughs> They've uh, have all these scenarios. They have to get them to the cabin first. So, right. you know, and there's a lot of, you know, there's the, the gatekeeper and all the people they have to talk to before they can even get everybody. I mean, there had to be somebody involved that brought about the house, you know, that brought up the house that they were going to go to anyway. So, yeah, it's just one of those. This is one of those scenes. It's like, uh, okay, what, uh, what are we gonna, uh, what are we gonna do today? I don't know. We have to wait until they make a decision. Otherwise, let's just go home. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if you know. The, but then the second they're at the cabin, it's, honey, I got to work the next mm, forty-eight hours, probably. Right, right. Wonder how long the. I wonder how the how long the last rituals takes. I wonder how long it takes. You couldn't go more than forty-eight hours before. Uh, it's got to be twenty-four. Yeah. Because they're talking about they got to get it done before sunup. Right. I thought once they started the ritual, that was like the time thing. I didn't know they had to get something done by a certain time. Yeah. Yeah. The If we fast forward to the, the very end of it, where Sigourney Weaver comes out and she's the director and she's like, look, you've got time to pop Marty before the sun comes up and we can we can do this thing. But yeah, that's there's a, a built in timeline with it. Okay. Well, that does add a, another sense of, well, that's not so bad then. <laughs> working, on sa- working on a Saturday, be done on Sunday. No problem. So the sun, so the, so the world potentially ends yeah. on a Sunday. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler for the entire movie. <laughs> if you're listening to this and haven't watched it, you're insane. So yeah, speaking of which, Jonathan, do you have specific memories of, of when you first saw this or like what you knew about it before going in and all that kind of good stuff? Yeah, since since um, I, I haven't seen a lot of modern horror uh, in the past probably 10 years, this was totally off my radar. I knew it existed. I knew vaguely that Thor was in it. <laughs> and I was like, and it's Joss Whedon. This was around the time Joss Whedon was also doing that. Um, What did he do? Was it was black and white movie he did with all of his friends up in like the Catskills or something? He Or in L.A. maybe? Maybe it was over there. Yeah, he did Much Ado. Uh, yeah, Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah, so this was like that same time frame, but I think that's because right. this movie was so delayed. So once I found out it was delayed, I was like, oh, so he, so Thor did this a long time before. Hemsworth did this so far ahead of him being Thor. Mm-hmm. And then they released it, you know, later after it was in like production hell. And I, I read up on it, but I just, I didn't see it. And then one day it was on it, it it was you know rentable on iTunes and i was like yeah i was in kind of a mm-hmm. evil dead mood and i was like yeah you know what i need i need something that's funny and gross and horror so that's where uh, so it was probably a couple of years later so it was probably only like 3 years ago and it it <laughs> rocketed to the top of my uh my my mountain of good of good horror movies. I was like, man, this is really yeah, good. Yeah, it definitely uh, hit me that way, too. Like, oh, this is going to be one of those ones where I go back to it over and over. It definitely hit the kind of humor that I'm into. And, and yeah, it's really fun. And, and just surprising, you know. It's just, it's just great to watch something and go, it looks like you're supposed to know how it's going to go. But it, all these surprises are happening at every turn. And it's really really been enjoyable to go through so do you have a favorite monster jonathan wow i was prepared for so many different questions but not what's your favorite monster you mean from this movie like that could potentially be in it or like ever i would say ever there's a couple um because i don't think there can some of them aren't monsters Mm -hmm. like i love king kong movies he's not a monster he's more of a victim you know let's think of it Mm -hmm. that way poor little guy 
I loved the Hellraiser movies when I was a little kid. <laughs> I was way too young to be watching Xenobites <laughs> and uh, Pinhead and all that kind of stuff. And I loved it. Watching people <laughs> cut their own skin off and ritualistic. <laughs> it was, oh, <laughs> I loved it. So I'd say, so, so, so I guess, I guess it's the, it's like Pinhead, the Hellraiser movies. I loved them. Cool. My favorite. That would be my favorite monster. Put that, put that, <laughs> That's put awesome. that on the chalkboard. Favorite monster. <laughs> bam, bam. Well, there's Fornicus, the Lord of Pain, which is the Pinhead equivalent. Right. I, I, I actually saw it. Yeah. I saw him in, when I was looking around. I was like, oh, there is a kind of a vague. Yeah. Yeah. Cenobite in there. So yeah. Getting back to this minute. So. The Buckner starts to burst through. He bursts through a wall. And then everybody's scrambling to their rooms. Not not until Kurt yells, everyone to your rooms. Right, right, And, and, right. and you notice Marty looks at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Again. And he, but he does it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marty's such, a, Marty's such a follower, and that's one of his problems. I think he takes, he takes care of it by the end of the movie, but it's definitely a character flaw at this moment. Yeah. Yeah, that group think, I guess, that panic, I guess, if everybody else is running into their rooms. But yeah, I definitely feel like I wouldn't want to be by myself. But yeah, when is it like mm. a good idea to split up? Yeah. If someone's on fire. <laughs> if someone is the thing. <laughs> like I, in the thing. Sometimes it's good to stick with the other people. If you're in the movie, John Carpenter's the thing. And sometimes you want to get away from those people because they might be the thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that you want to be tied together in a series of chairs. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of 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 going rogue and being on my own. I, I would I would definitely have grabbed some sort of sharp object and stood my ground, I think, against Buckner. Hmm. Like just took well, care of it right there while he was bursting through like the the Kool-Aid man. Just like stand your ground and like do it. Yeah. Yeah. We may we may we may talk about this in later minutes. But as we learn, like hitting him isn't going to do anything. So <laughs> right. but not knowing that I would want to hit him first. I would want to hit him with a baseball bat right. or cut his arm off or something, but I might not have those tools available to me. It doesn't seem like they have any weapons. <laughs> they, they don't seem to have any weapons available to them. I mean, obviously, uh, Marty's only got his cup. Right. That's about it. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> and then our, we kind of end things for this minute, at least with Marty in his room. And it looks like maybe he's closing, closing the window of the bedroom. Right here at the end. Mm -hmm. Is he closing it or is he going for it to see if it's open? Because the door right. kind of locks. I think he's going for it. To, to tell you the truth, I all, not only did I watch the uh, clips you gave me, Heidi, I went on my 4K TV and watched the minutes on a giant TV. And I was mm. like, there was like so much more detail. And I was like, oh, my God, look at all this stuff. Yeah. Because the darkness, you can see a little better. It looks like he's just grabbing at the windowsill. Hadley says, lock him in while he's still eating his popcorn. Citizen hits some buttons and then everybody's scrambling to their room and the doors slam and make an audible locking sound. Marty says, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's a good thing in the movie for Citizen and Hadley, because it's like, OK, right. now they can all be killed individually by the uh, by the zombie murder Texas family. What, what was their names again? The Buckner's. The Buckner, yes, the Buckners. They can all be killed by the Buckners, so individually. So it doesn't matter that in their mind they're 
they're noticing flaws like these doors just locked. They're going to be dead in five minutes. So who cares? right, right, right. So you're saying like they're not as subtle as they may have been in the past with their manipulations. They're like, OK, we're going to slam all the doors shut. That's not going to make sense to these kids, but they're going to die soon anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think we're getting to the end game. At least they think they are. Right. So you're saying, too, that because you have a nice big TV and really good Nice, clear, extra juicy goodness that you could see. It looks like Marty's not trying to lean out and close the window that he is. See, to me, I see it looks like he's leaning out and then grabbing like an open, like a swung out piece of glass and then pulling it in. But you're saying you see something different? Maybe he is. Let me me look. Oh, yeah, he does grab it. Because he's kind of halfway out the window. And then he pulls it back and I I see like a window pane. Maybe I'm thinking about the next scene when it's already closed and I thought he had run up to it. Yeah, maybe. I might have inferred something. I apologize. No problem. I just mansplained the the window to you guys. Oh my God. I apologize. No problem. I apologize to everyone. That's terrible. Well, ladies, what you're seeing there is he's he's not trying to close the door. He's trying to open the door. It's not even a problem. We talked about mansplaining when Jenny Law was on, and my husband had never heard the term mansplaining before. And so 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 I had to explain to him what mansplaining was as a result of the podcast. So there's all kinds of education happening. Great. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Remember, educate-yourself.org. So they're, they're recommended by this podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I'm just noticing, kind of trying to see what's on the um, table. table. Yeah, I could definitely see the yeah. the mug. It's like, a, like a pen holder. Yeah. A little, little, it looks like a little, little ceramic mug, a couple little vases, vases. Yeah, it seems like he has a lot more stuff. And I know he brought that, he brought that paper bag. I'm wondering what stuff on this is from that. Is this like his accoutrement? You know, is this all oh, of his I, yeah. weed paraphernalia? That's drug paraphernalia that we just not, we're not cool <laughs> enough to know what it is. We're just like, what's what that? What's got there? <laughs> this is like uh, Doug Benson's spacement when he invites people to getting Doug with high and he's got a whole table full of goodies. That's what kind of looks I bet you he was definitely thinking of doing that with his friends. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I brought some edibles <laughs> you know what those are. and uh, some other stuff. Some purple stuff. <laughs> Okay, cool. So, well, before we leave, so we we mentioned at the top of the episode that you are from Minute Impossible. So, and uh, you kind of teased a little bit about Mm -hmm. what that is in case people couldn't figure it out. But yeah, can you tell us about your Minute Movies by Minutes podcast? Sure. Well, my friend Chris and I are um, going through the movie Mission Impossible one minute at a time. If you don't understand puns, our name of our (laughs) podcast is a pun. <laughs> Other than that, no, it, we're it's a it's a bunch of goofy people talking about stuff. We have a lot of uh, movies by minutes guests, so it's a lot of tangents. It's a lot of bad impressions. And right now, we're going through Brian De Palma's 1996 movie Mission <gasps> Impossible Number nice, One. Nice. Yep, soon Heidi will actually be a guest. Yeah. As of this recording, the our podcast is uh, out there. And you can download it uh, from iTunes or anywhere your pod podcatcher works. Do I give my plugs? Yeah, plug on, brother. Okay. Plug on. Yeah, plug on. <laughs> plug on, brother. <laughs> 
The best two places to get in touch with us are uh, our Twitter, which is M-I-N Impossible, Men Impossible. And you can also talk to us on our Facebook group, which is the Impossible Minute Force. <laughs> on uh, Facebook, you can also just search Minute Impossible on Facebook and you'll find us. Yeah. Awesome. No problem. Sweet. Uh, that's a great place to talk to us. We'll, we'll talk about any goofy thing. We talk about a lot of spy stuff. We also talk about a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with Mission Impossible. So, I love it. Excellent. Join us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can join us at cabinminutecast.com and everywhere else at Cabin Minute Cast. I think that's about it from me. Anything else from you, Molly, before we wrap it up? Nope. Just want to thank Jonathan for coming on and staying up late with us. And we will see you all back at the cabin. Thank you.